Look at my butt. Show number 207 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Welcome, listeners. Finally. Yes, we've managed to, to synchronize our, our watches, our schedules, our star dates, so that we can actually record a new show. This is true. It's been uh, travails and things happening. The biggest thing that happened was that my computer died. So I know. I buy a new one. Yes. So uh, so now we have a new computer, which is great. It's another MacBook Pro because I'm I'm very brand loyal. Um, actually, I'm not that brand loyal. It's just because I'm too old now to learn a new operating I system. Know. So it's like screw it. I am never going to try to learn Windows at this advanced <sighs> age because it's too much. Windows is such a. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, before we start on our regular list of topics, I do have something, some kind of sad news out of Australia yes. that I wanted to share. Um, I saw this in the news this week. A court in Australia has ruled that you can no longer have a kangaroo as a service animal. <laughs> hmm. Were there a lot of people who had kangaroos? As I don't know, animals? but I'm just picturing it in the little service animal jacket yeah. sort of hopping alongside this person who whatever their their need is you know the kangaroo covers it but can't do that anymore wow well maybe maynard will correct us but yes. my my understanding is that um the big kangaroos are like bigger than people uh, yes <laughs> they're like seven feet tall and pretty aggressive mm-hmm. and the smaller ones are not like tame <laughs> They're wild animals. But apparently someone, at least one person in Australia, was willing to go to the court to uh, defend their right to have this service wow. animal kangaroo. Wow. That, that is crazy. Well, I'll remember that in case we're ever in Australia and someone offers us a kangaroo as a service animal. Yeah, you say, that's illegal, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not taking any black market kangaroo. <laughs> Mate. That's great. Thank you. Thank that's a public service. Yes. Everyone, I think. <laughs> yes, now we can keep our FCC license. That's right. <laughs> we, we've done it. Maybe that'll get us um we could go under education as well as <laughs> entertainment. You don't think so? Well, okay. maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay, so okay. you start. Okay. So we've got some news of Bill because Bill's always doing everything all the time. Uh, the very first thing that we want to talk about is that Bill is going to be in another reality series. He apparently had such a good time doing the Shatner Project on the DIY station that he's going to do a reality travel show. So here's what it says. This is from the AV Film Club. And um, Bill is going to be going to Asia with Henry Winkler, a.k.a. The, the Fonz. Uh, George Foreman. And, is, um, are they bringing their George Foreman girls? I it doesn't say. Okay. It doesn't say. And um, I believe it's going to be Terry Bradshaw, who's a football player. Oh. So, and and a guy named Jeff Die. I'm not sure who Jeff Die. I have no idea. So they're going um, on a trip through parts of Asia. So it's option been optioned by NBC, um, and it's an adaption of a reality show called Grandpa's Over Flowers which was a surprise hit in South Korea. So it's sort of a bucket list thing. Yeah. And it's sending these guys on a trip through Bangkok, Chiang Mai, Hong Kong, Kyoto, uh, Seoul, and Tokyo 
to immerse themselves in the cultures and peoples. There's a potentially competitive element to the of show. Of course. As they'll also be expected to cross off items on their very own bucket lists. So you know Bill's going to have to win because he doesn't really like to this lose This is going to be so hysterical. Now, the other thing about it, it says here, and I don't know how true this is, they will have them traveling around without their assistance. So it's them and the production crew. There's not going to be anybody going around and changing their money and buying the tickets. They have to do all this stuff themselves. This is going to be a riot. So I I want to see Bill. I really, really, really want to see Bill trying to do all this stuff on his own and the language barriers and Yes, everything. trying to talk to people and... And plus the competitive element with these other guys, I think it's going to be awesome. Now, who, what uh, what network or, or who's doing this? I believe it's on NBC. Oh, okay. And they're going to be filming it in August. So that's going to be after Bill finishes his uh, motorcycle trip and I think uh, a few other things that he has going on. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it probably won't be on, I guess. If they're filming in August, I would think it would be on like maybe early next year after they have a mm-hmm. chance to edit down the hundreds of hours of footage that they're going to yes. have. Mm. So that's going to be awesome. That That is really going to be something to see. That will be so much fun. Uh, let me see. Does it have an actual name? It doesn't. Oh, it's called Better Late Than Never. There we go. Um, speaking of the motorcycle trip. Yes. It starts this Tuesday. Oh, my God. That's so soon. Here I in Chicago. Yeah. In my old neighborhood. <gasps> wow. But I have to work. Mm. I cannot go to it. And oh, man. You know, I was really hoping that he would be doing it on a weekend, mm-hmm. you know, would be the start of it. But apparently they are, they have people who are riding with him, um, you know, who have signed up to do the, the trip or parts of the trip. And it's along uh, Route 66. And uh, I'm sure there is some competitive element. <laughs> mm. But anyway, so that is going to be going on. And uh, I am sure our local coverage you know, local uh, TV and radio and everybody and newspaper will be all over it. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe while you're at work, you can have it open um, in the background for the, the live local coverage on your computer screen. I can try to do that, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That would be good. Cool. Well, um, let's hope it's not a disaster and that Bill doesn't, like, break an arm or anything because mm-hmm. that would be bad. That would but, be really bad. But yeah. this looks like the type of motorcycle... You'd have to be going super, super fast and hit something really, really hard to fall out of it. Well, I wouldn't doubt the going really, really fast part, but I think Bill's probably a good enough driver that he wouldn't actually hit something. Let's hope. Let's hope. This is true. Yes. Okay, now here is some big, unexpected, very exciting news. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been, I've been following it on the, the interwebs for about a week or so, rumored. But now, apparently, this has been confirmed. A Star Trek superfan has been invited to pitch a Star Trek series to Paramount. Really? And uh, I was reading, I was skimming it, you know, while I was on the train trying to get home to do this show. And um, I want I want us to talk about the concept and everything, but I haven't had a time to, re- time to really filter this, so I'm going to be reading things that maybe we we don't need to. Um, the guy's name is Mitchell Gummelt or Gummelt. Mm-hmm. Um, he isn't an in- entertainment industry professional or anything like that, which makes this all the more incredible. But he has a thoroughly thought out pitch for a new TV series called Star Trek Uncharted, formerly mm-hmm. known as Star Trek Beyond. 
but um, he changed it because there were rumors that's what the new Star Trek movie was going to be called. It would um, have an all-new crew, new technology, and a new enterprise. So um, here's what he said on his official website. I can now officially announce that I do indeed have an invitation to come pitch Star Trek Uncharted at Paramount this summer. As far as I know, this is the first time a fan has been invited to pitch this. Blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to, to get to the part. Okay, here's what the premise. A mysterious signal is received from the Andromeda Galaxy, claiming to be from the creators of life in the Milky Way and inviting us to come meet them. A new space folding technology developed, a hyperwarp gate constructed to warp jump 2.5 million light years to the Andromeda galaxy. Probes have returned successfully with data about Andromeda. A new USS Enterprise is built. It is the first ship to bear the name since the original Enterprise was destroyed in the Galactic War. And apparently I missed the Galactic War. The Enterprise is the first ship assigned to the new galaxy. Its mission to explore strange new worlds seek out new life and new civilizations <laughs> to chart the Andromeda galaxy and its inhabitants, establish first contact, form alliances, and diplomatic relations. The Enterprise will occasionally return to the Milky Way for staffing changes, refits, extended leave. Meanwhile, Starbase A-1 is being built, will be complete at the end of first year, and two more ships will join the expedition. A- I can't even say this guy's name. Admiral Oviedo San Lagos will be the commander of Starbase A-1. Hmm. Uh, let me see. Uh, oh, there was something here I really did want to talk about. Um, I, I like this guy's attitude. He said, um, "He said I think they felt I would gladly jump at an opportunity to come in and pitch it, which, of course, I did. I'm not under any illusions about my chances, and I realize CBS has the rights to produce any new Star Trek TV series, but it's a chance of a lifetime, and I have nothing to lose. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's the – you have a chance, and you take it, right? And you, uh, you don't just wait for something better to come along. Right. This, this, he has been working on this over 20 years. Wow. And he said, the way I look at it now is it should first and foremost be a show that can stand on its own. It shouldn't rely too heavily on any deep, intimate knowledge of every past Trek show and movie. It would be very tempting to put in all sorts of references and trivia that only fans like me would get. But for Trek to return to TV after so long, it needs to be reinvented for a new generation, Mm -hmm. not a reboot that's already being done in Mm -hmm. the movies. What I want for this series is for it to be the future, a Star Trek TV series that feels modern and feels futuristic relative to our current times. So as I see it, Star Trek Uncharted is set sometime in the future, distant enough, this work is really interesting to me, that it doesn't really matter which universe it takes place in. It's universe agnostic. In my fantasy world where the series actually gets made, it would need to establish itself as its own show with its own identity. Only once it's accomplished that would it need to establish its place in the lore. In any case, I imagine it would be up to Paramount, CBS, and Bad Robot to decide if they wanted to use it as a shared universe show along the lines of Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hmm. I think that sounds great. That is, is really um, something. He's got a whole website set up for it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, okay. Called, um, All right. I Star haven't been Trek to it. StarTrekUncharted.com. Yes. Um, it's, it's very visual. So I, I've just been sort of looking at the pictures while you were um, giving us the information there. And you're right. I mean, he has clearly been working on this for a long time because 
there's a lot of depth to it. There's the crew and the story, and he's got episodes plotted out. You know, this isn't just like a vague idea that he's pitching. He really mm-hmm. has the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Wow, that would be so cool if it got made. I mean, this is really what they need, right, is somebody who's a fan to come in from the outside with a new attitude and mm-hmm. new everything. That Oh, man, that would be so cool. What do you think the chances are that this guy is really that um, uh, uh, a cloud creature who, who had his fan script on Futurama? <laughs> It's possible. It's definitely possible. Um, I suppose if this guy eventually ends up kidnapping some of the actors and having them perform it, we'll know for sure. Yes. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, um, maybe it was during the past week that you tweeted the thing about his ship that he loves like a woman. <laughs> I laugh so hard. <laughs> that quote is perfect. It, it fits in so many situations. And I just... <laughs> I just love to use it. It well, was and it was perfect for whatever that thing was. Yes, was yes, it was. <laughs> so anyway, we say um, good luck and, and bravo to you. Uh, what is his first name? Michael Gumelt or Gumelt. And uh, I hope we'll be seeing more news about this. And you know, like he says, you know, his, the chances are very, very slim. But they're not as slim as they were two weeks ago. Absolutely. It's great. Well, yeah, let's definitely follow this and see what happens. And, you know, if there's ever a chance for people to uh, not vote, but, you know, voice their opinion about whether it's a good idea or not, everybody should totally do it and, you know, say, yes, take a chance. Well, and I think we're all in agreement that Star Trek needs to be back on TV. That is correct. I, I think everybody wants to be back, but... Perhaps, as he pointed out in a couple of places on this website, you know, it doesn't have to be the same way that TV has always been done mm-hmm. with, you know, something on a major network with a slot and commercials right. and crap. It could be a Netflix series. It could be an HBO series. It could be a lot of different things. And we really are in such an incredible age of television right now because, mm-hmm. um, You're not, like you say, you're not restricted to these three networks, but you're also not restricted in subject matter because, you know, everybody has finally realized, oh, there's a lot of money to be made uh, with these these niche audiences. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to say, I have got to get, you know, 40% of the American public watching this every Tuesday or something, whatever it is. Right. You don't have to go for that lowest common denominator. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you've got an idea for something that is, you know, aimed at adults and intelligent and, and not, you know, feeding to the laugh track mentality, Mm -hmm. go for it. Definitely. So cool. I'm definitely going to spend some time at this website and uh, read a little bit more. So he's got a bunch of stuff posted here. He's got some scripts. He's got definite, um, sorry, descriptions of the episode. He has um, a guide to the crew. So little bios of all the different crew members. And he's done some stunt casting here as well Uh to show you what, what he thinks those people should look like, which is kind of cool. So it looks great. And he's got, you know, different aliens in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really cool that he's saying, let's just go to a different galaxy. Yeah. You know, what a great way to start from scratch, right? Just say, well, and it, you know, go somewhere else. In a way, it's so great that it's, it's, um, it is returning to Star Trek's roots with the idea that their mission is one of exploration. Mm-hmm. That, you know, not a militaristic thing. And, and I don't know. 
you know, a shoot 'em up or whatever. But there is, you know, definitely the potential for adventure and danger and challenges. Mm-hmm. Right. Without the the overwhelming, you know, we got to get back home thing yeah. from Voyager because they were way out there too, but they only had one thing that right. they wanted to do, which was to get back. If these guys are really out there exploring, they can right. go anywhere and they don't have to come back to the, the star base for mm-hmm. a long time. Yep. So, um, boy... I think we're going to be following this. And listeners, you know, what do you think of, of this? Yes, we'd like to we know. We'd love to Tell hear us, from please. you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that that happened. Like, yeah, right this, uh, we this article just went up it. like four hours ago. Oh, that's great. All right. Um, so a few more newsy yes. things. Uh, this week was Bill's episode of... Um, Brown bag wine tasting. It was wonderful. It was really, really, really good. Um, And, you know, it's so funny to see Will Wheaton sitting there being a total, like, I am so in awe, Mr. Mm -hmm. Shatner, (laughs) sitting here, you know. He's done so much stuff on his own, and he has his own little fame in his world and all that. But when he's sitting there with Bill, he's totally a fanboy. Well, and to someone like me, whose main connections or whatever, when I hear Will Wheaton, are, first of all, Wesley. And secondly, right. the role, the recurring role he has had on Big Bang Theory, which is very funny because it's it's obviously mm-hmm. a send up of of himself and his career and the the Hollywood thing. So to see him sitting there having this discussion, this gonna sound so awful, like a grown up, <laughs> you <laughs> know, being true. himself, and he's talking about beer, which he, you know, I didn't know this, and neither did Bill, but Will Wheaton brews beer, and he was talking about mm-hmm. it and really getting the details, and Bill goes, "Oh, you really know this stuff." And, and, you know, Will was like, well, yes, you know, I love it. But it was, it was really just a wonderful one. And what I think, I think Will Wheaton blew Bill away when Bill said, okay, you're going to taste this wine and describe it in terms of beer. Mm-hmm. And man, he, you know, Will Wheaton didn't, didn't hesitate at all. He was just right there. Yep. He did a great job. And his number was only one number off from the Somalia's yes. number. So he, he nailed it. Yes, really, yes. and really I thought he looked it. really good. I think he, he looks great. I think he needs to trim his beard. Oh, just now you a see, bit. I was liking it. Uh, it looks just a little too full oh, on the okay. bottom for me, but that's just me. That's okay, just me. but then he might look but like it was Riker great, and we don't. Well, that's true. Maybe he doesn't want to do that. But I I love the fact that, you know, Bill was saying, you know, this has been great. It was so wonderful to sit down and talk to you. We should get together socially sometime. And, Mm -hmm. you know, can you imagine Bill saying that to you? Uh, Just like, yes, we should get together. Yes, I'll come over to your house for the football parties. And (laughs) And yeah, (laughs) what are you doing after this? Want to go to a movie together? Strip club? What are you into? (laughs) So funny. Oh, man. But it's great. So, yeah, it's short. It's like four minutes or something. So everybody yes. should go and watch it because it's it's yes. really good. Um, now, also in news this week, there's going to be a book out called The Autobiography of James yes. T. Kirk. This was um, reported on at StarTrek.com. Um, it's an in-world memoir chronicling the greatest Starfleet captain's life from his boyhood on an Iowa farm and his youth spent on uh, Tarsus IV what? to his time in... What is- what is an in-world biography? I think it means that it's written from the point of view of someone in the Star Trek universe. Well, I, if it's the autobiography of Kirk, 
it's Kirk. <laughs> um, I I don't know why they have to qualify it that way, but that's what it says. Oh, okay. That I don't know. That's the way I understood it. Maybe it means something else. Okay. Could be. Well, here's the exciting thing. Bill is going to read excerpts of it at Comic-Con. That is going to be awesome. They have to record it. I really want to hear him read this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, it, I can't even imagine what that's going to be like with him reading this thing. And the thing is, he'll be reading it without having rehearsed it. Right. <laughs> he'll just walk up there. They'll hand him the thing, and he'll be like, oh, okay, this is it. I can do this. <laughs> yeah. Just, is the print big enough? Okay. Yeah, I can do this. <laughs> I wonder if he's going to insert any commentary uh, as he's going We're along. talking about Bill. Oh, it'll be great. So it's written by a guy named David Goodman. Uh-huh. I have no idea who this guy is. I don't either. He's some guy. Some guy. Um, not our some guy. No, some, some other guy. guy. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't heard about this being published at all. So I believe it, it comes out at Comic-Con. Like, we won't be able to get a hold of it before that. Right. Yeah. Um, but we'll get it anyway and read it as soon as it comes out because I want to know. We absolutely know. As I said to you in email, I will be severely disappointed if Marjorie doesn't get a, a lot of space in this book. Well, you know, if she doesn't, she'll write her own book. <laughs> I'm just his mom. That's going to be the title. <laughs> Well, you know, if Marjorie doesn't get a lot of space in this book, maybe we could get Marjorie to review at least part of it for us. <gasps> oh, and and say, you know, this is what was in the book, but let me tell you how it really happened. Yes, Marjorie would love to do that. Yeah, I think that. Would um, be great. did you get the picture I sent you of uh, my space nails? I did. They looked gorgeous. Yes. They were very pretty. Did you do that yourself, or did someone do it? No, these are press-on nails. Oh, they look fantastic. I adore them. They're great. Anyway, and I thought, oh, space nails, got to have those. <laughs> oh, so, yes, autobiography of James T. Kirk. And Marjorie will definitely review it. Definitely. Oh, I'm, I'm looking at it at Amazon now just to Oh, see. it's there for, like, pre-order? Oh, you know, it says it's not even coming out till September. <gasps> we can't wait. Yes. You can, you can pre-order it, but it is not out yet. September mm. 8th. Hmm. I guess mm. Bill's getting the advanced copy. Probably. Maybe uncorrected proofs. Yeah. Oh, oh. This is great. Okay. About the author. You're going to love this. Okay. David A. Goodman has spent the last 26 years writing for television. His credits include Golden Girls, Star Trek Enterprise, Futurama, (gasps) where he wrote the Nebula Award-nominated Trek homage where no fan has gone before. Oh, my God. Okay. I love this guy already. It's going to be so good. Oh, my God. He's like the best guy to write this thing. He absolutely is. That is such good news. Yes. Oh, oh, I'm so glad I clicked through. Okay. Yes, good news for fans. (laughs) Uh, Listen, we need to take a little break. Okay. And then we'll be back. And we've got so much more stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah, we really do. Don't go anywhere. Okay. (laughs) I'll be right back. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we love you and we love hearing from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com. Comments to lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. And check out the Look at His Butt Facebook page for even more Shatnerific fun. 
Okay, so we're back. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it's funny how you run across Star Trek and references to Kirk in The Strangest Places. And I was doing some research for another totally non-Star Trek project. And so I was looking on the Internet for lists of famous people from the various states in the Midwest. And there's a list of people from Iowa, and it's, you know, governors and things like that. And right in the middle of the case is James T. Kirk. <laughs> And uh, I got to find it because it's just, you know, this is just a list. I'll find another one. Yeah, I see it. And and he is listed as a fictional character. Yes, it says James T. Kirk, fictional character. It would have been good if it had said like fictional character, comma, you know, astronaut or space explorer (laughs) or something like that. That Or James T. Kirk, fictional character, but we know it's real. The goddamn captain. The goddamn captain. But yeah. the thing is, I had gone through tons of these lists when I was doing this research. I didn't see any other fictional characters being listed. There's only one on this list besides him, and it's Kate Austin, who was in Lost, apparently. Oh, okay. Um, so I never watched Lost, so I wouldn't know. But yes, she's also listed. Those are the only two on this whole page. Yes. But anyway, so that just kind of cracked me up that... That's great. You know, that Captain Kirk has just so permeated our culture. (laughs) There would be a lot of people upset if he wasn't listed there. That's right. Well, and it's Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you could go in and I'm sure somebody did just go in and (laughs) add it and have a little snicker to themselves. Oh, that's great. Uh, Let's talk about this garden gnome thing. (laughs) Because this is just weird. (sighs) Well, you know, there's nothing too weird for a, a Trekkie to not make it Trekkish, you know. Let's see. Um, so this is at Think Geek. They have it listed there. Mm-hmm. And um, there are four little statues that you can buy mm-hmm. for your garden. Let's see. How big are they? I didn't even notice. Um, they're five inches in diameter and nine and a half inches tall. Oh, so they're little. Yeah. They're pretty small. Yeah. Um and there's uh, one of Kirk and one of Spock, and they're both standing up, and they're dressed in Star Trek uniforms, and then they have pointed hats that are the same color as their shirts, mm-hmm. and they look like gnomes. I mean, they don't have Kirk and Spock faces at all. It's they, just regular. They look nothing like no. Kirk and Spock. Spock's doing the salute, and Kirk's got a phaser in his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, the others are, to me, more amusing in that there is... Uh, one of Kirk versus the Gorn, mm-hmm. and Kirk is lying on his back, and the Gorn is standing over him with a knife in his hand. And the Gorn really looks like the Gorn, just sort of squat. Yes, and uh, they they all have little words printed on them. And the the Kirk and Gorn one says, "I shall be merciful and quick." It's <laughs> good. Now the other one is a red shirt, mm-hmm. so it is just an anonymous gnome wearing a red shirt and he's lying on his back and um, his eyes are little X's. <laughs> and I think maybe his tongue is hanging out of his mouth. It's too. hard to tell. And underneath it, it says, join Starfleet, they said. It'll be fun, they said. <laughs> Which is pretty good. Yes. Um, so here, let me get down to the description. It says, not your garden variety gnome. Did you realize there's a whole subculture of Star Trek horticulturalists? No, I didn't. There are daylilies named after Trek, a handful of hostas. Actually, we knew that. Yeah, we knew about um, the Captain Kirk hosta. Yep. And even a Star Trek begonia. Ooh. 
Uh, the perfect statuary to go with your newly acquired Trek plants? Why, that would be the Star Trek garden gnomes, of course. They come in four flavors. Flavors! <laughs> it's what it says. Here's how the base reads on each. Kirk, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Oh, well, you just said them. And then yes. Spock has um, Live Long and Prosper on it. And uh, it says, personally, we're getting the Spock first because we need all the help we can get in making our garden live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, protects your lawn from triples, it says. And then it says, upright gnomes would also make great table centerpieces for a Star Trek wedding. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I, I, you would get probably uh, thrown out of that wedding pretty quickly. You know, I, if you, if you so. said, here, look, I brought you centerpieces. Right. So, and these are 25 bucks a piece. I know. So, I don't know. You got to be pretty committed to Trek crap to buy something like this. Yeah, in my opinion. yeah. Um, I will not be buying that. <laughs> Me neither. And I have a garden where I could put it in. <laughs> well, I could put it out on my balcony, but That's I'm not going to do it. You could. I could yeah. put it on Jack's little patch of grass, and he could pee on it. <laughs> Would you like to pee on a red shirt? <laughs> Th- that might be good. That might be really good. Now, let's see. You also sent a link to this thing at uh, Trek Today, which is the Star Trek uniform laptop bag and fanny pack. Uh, Yes. Let's see. Yes, it is a a laptop bag, and they put some stripes on it, and so now they can say it's Star Trek. And (laughs) it's kind of, you know, got like a phaser. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can carry it around instead of your messenger bag. So basically what it is is it's a Star Trek man purse. (laughs) <laughs> it's a faux leather laptop bag inspired by the Star Trek uniform with a custom Delta metal rivet and embroidered braid rank on the side panels of the bag. The padded oh, interior will hold a laptop or tablet up to 13 inches long. There are also extra interior pockets and pen holders. They don't have pens in the laptop bag, which comes in three colors, red, blue, and gold. Uh-huh. I, I didn't even see the stripes on the side until you read that off mm. of there. So, yes, I see that they do have the insignia. And then there's the fanny pack made of mm-hmm. faux leather and durable nylon. The fanny pack features a screen-printed phaser graphic and an adjustable waist strap. Wow. Frankly, the way things are, not to get too political in this country right now, I would be afraid to have even an embroidered weapon on me. <laughs> No kidding. Oh, my goodness. I think, yeah, that would be a, a really bad idea. Yes. Really, so really bad Do idea. not send us those. No. But uh, the, the uh, man purse, I, you know, I could see somebody using that. I, I could even think of someone that I, I could buy that for. Oh. He would probably like it, too. I was just thinking our friend Logan would probably like that. Oh, yeah. He, wow. he might well. So these are from, what is this? The I think it's supposed to be the co-op shop, but there's no... Hyphen, so it reads the coop shop. Oh, <laughs> maybe it is the coop shop. I don't know. <laughs> These are all being made by chickens. <laughs> the coop shop. Yes. Like, it must be co op, right? It's, it's <laughs> got to be. A... Okay, now I have to Google this. The coop shop. Um, great, they don't have a website. Oh, no, here it is. Let's see. Well, I don't know. I can't tell if it's supposed to be coop or co-op, and now it's really bothering Uh-oh. me because I want to know. <laughs> Uh-oh. 
they have lots of stuff there. It's it looks a lot like Think Geek, and they have a whole Star Trek section that's got loads and loads and loads of stuff. Oh, and they also have. Um, stuff for your pets. So occasionally, you know how we've mentioned that they have dog beds yes. and things like that. That's where you can get all this crap. Oh, the the overpriced dog bed that looks like the captain's chair. That is correct. Yeah, that's where they have it. Wow, this is very interesting, and they have a lot of stuff that I haven't really seen before. Um, lots of bags. They seem to specialize in you know like messenger bags or mm-hmm. purses or wallets and things. Um, wow, that's that's a lot of stuff. And then they have a Delta coin pouch. That's actually kind of cool. So it's shaped like the insignia in a Delta. And, and it got a little zipper so you can keep your coins in there. Your Star Trek coins. Your Star Trek coins, I suppose. Yes. But they don't have money in the future, so I don't know. Maybe that's where you keep your quatloos. <laughs> and, and nobody's quite sure what those are. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Um. I want to read a couple things that were posted to our Facebook page. Oh, yes, please. Okay, I had pic- posted a picture of a Kirk Wonder Woman comic, comment. <laughs> and one of our listeners, David, said, um, speaking of which, I found out earlier this week there's a Planet of the Apes Star Trek crossover. So I said, would you like to review it for us? And he said, that'd be cool, but I have to get a copy of the comics. Fortunately, I know several comic book store owners do you need the correct pronunciation of my last name? Now, his last name is spelled C-U-M-M-E-R. Mm-hmm. And I said, sure. <laughs> and he said, it's pronounced cummer, as to rhyme with summer. People tend to freak out the first time they run across it. <laughs> and then someone else, whom I'm su- assuming is his brother or a cousin, his name's Jeff Cummer, pipes in. Our last name always makes people pause. <laughs> and David says, you know that I had to have it explained to me, right? <laughs> and Jeff says, I know, had to explain that to Aunt Kathy last time. <laughs> and I just love how these two guys are off on their own little tangent on our, our page. And thank you guys for participating. That's true. And please tell Aunt Kathy that we are looking forward to the review of the comic book. Yes. Very- and tell her to listen to the show. Yes, so Aunt Kathy would probably love this show. She sounds like she could be somebody who would be good friends with Marjorie. <laughs> I think so. Oh, those Cummer boys, they are <laughs> so nice. <laughs> oh, that's I great. don't know why Jimmy always snickered when somebody said their names. But... <sighs> now, the other one is, um, in our last show, I believe it was, you reviewed the Doctor for the Enterprise. Yes. Yes. And we got a message from Steve Davidson, who is the guy I bought it from. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, thanks so much for the profile review of A Doctor for the Enterprise comic. Had I known you were such a fan of Bill's butt, I would have asked the artist to work in a couple of appropriate shots. Alas, though there could always be a sequel, I wonder if I could get David Gerald to write a script for an alternate world version of Mirror Mirror where all the characters are William Shatner's butt. <laughs> This is thanks again. I'll be linking to your podcast in the Sunday News Roundup on Amazing Stories. And I um, then posted to him, well, we would be happy to be consultants for um, story or artwork if they want to do a, a, a Shatner's butt comic. A, a butt-centric episode? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. That, that would be totally, totally cool. Yes. Oh, how nice. Well, that's great. 
um, it's nice to know that um, people, well, he must have a Google alert or something, but um, yeah, so nice for him to follow up. Well, yeah, because, you know, I had told him we would be talking about it, but I can't remember. I don't think, I, I think I, you know, dropped the ball and didn't tell him, yeah, we did it on this show. But, um, yeah, so that was really nice of him. And, of course, you guys know, we love hearing from you. We love, you know, hearing what's going on in everybody else's little Trek world. And so now we're like two degrees of David Gerald. (laughs) It's great. Um, You know, David Gerald wrote something on Facebook recently. Did you post it? Uh, No, but I saw it. Yeah, and I'm just trying to find it right now. And, of course, uh, you know. I can never find anything when I'm trying to look for it, but I, I can paraphrase. Yes. And it was about Bill, which mm-hmm. is why I thought it was really good of him. And apparently people um, somewhere somehow had been slagging off Bill for whatever reason. Yes. And he, David Gerald just said, like, you know, I've had enough of this because here is the truth and here is my experience. And it's all those things that everybody always said about Bill, that he was in every shot. He worked the hardest. You know, he was the star of the show. He never got a break. And the people who were, you know, the Mm co-stars were only there part of the time. And they didn't have the pressure and everything else that went along with it. Right. So basically, shut up. Well, he was also saying, I know the guy. Not as well as some people, but I know him outside of having seen him on a TV screen. Mm -hmm. And he, he doesn't deserve any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was great. It was reposted at least twice on the mm-hmm. Shatner board. Yeah. And, of course, it was, it was everybody yeah. there loves David Gerald. We all do, you yeah. know. So it was really just nice to see. Oh, here we go. I'm finally seeing it. So this was something he had written back in February, but I think it was making the rounds again. Mm-hmm. And... um he says some things that we also knew, but I think not a lot of people also know if they're not fans mm-hmm. of Bill. Um, he he is also a very private man, he says. I think he's shy, so shy that he has a blind spot. He doesn't know how to deal with people well one-on-one, so he has to be build the star or build a performance. Those who have complained about the way he signs autographs at conventions, he has to sign hundreds of autographs, mm-hmm. and he has to do it in a very short time. Yeah. And if you've ever had to sign hundreds of autographs, your hand can get tired quickly. It's not pleasant. It's a chore. Anyway, this is why he's a workaholic. He ha- it's his way of dealing with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me just skim down a little bit. Um, if he didn't have time to be buddy-buddy with the rest of the cast, it's because he was a young man carrying a big-budget TV show on his shoulders, and he didn't want to be the reason it failed. He wanted it to work every moment of every episode. Yep. When Bill wrote his book, he was candid. He was honest. He admitted that he could have treated the others better. Indeed, he spoke better of the supporting cast than they spoke of him. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a mensch. Yes. So that was really nice, and I was so happy to see that going around again. And yes, and, you know, when all this stuff years ago was first coming about, about, oh, they hated him, they thought he was so awful, and blah, 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 blah. Well, we've read Bill's books. We've seen him at cons. He has never had a bad word to say about any of them. No, He's I mean, been the class act. He has. The most he's done has been getting into it with George Takei, but I think – only in response to George Takei saying some pretty, you know, rough things about him. Well, and speaking of George Takei, here's the thing. George Takei has done wonderful, wonderful work as an activist, and I totally respect him for that. And the things he posts to Facebook, which I know are not 100% written by him, but still they're very funny, and I Mm -hmm. enjoy those, so I'm not a Takei hater. But he just recently came out and said... um, that Bill is the one who keeps the feud alive, and Bill only brings it up when he needs publicity. 
And I went, hmm, let's see. <laughs> Bill is going through a phase now for about the past 10 years where the press is in love with him. Mm-hmm. He does not have to go after them. They are chasing him. They are so eager to interview him and to report on everything he's doing. Absolutely. You, George Takei, have a show on Broadway. Uh, you have a reality show. And nobody is chasing after you to report on these things. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you bring up the, the feud with Bill. And I'm just going, okay, there's a pot calling a kettle black there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, to say that Bill needs publicity, you know, Bill doesn't need publicity for anything. No. He, there is publicity everywhere. So much publicity, in fact, that he turned it into a reality show on the DIY network. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I am pretty sure that um, they were absolutely delighted that they would be allowed to spend time with him and do this thing while he's getting his house redone. And I loved that show so much. Oh, it was great. Yes, it was just yes. Great. But, um... Yeah, so, you know, I'm just thinking, George, you do a lot of really wonderful things. And and you're a person who has, you know, done some courageous things in your life. And you tarnish your own image mm-hmm. by harping on this. And I, I just wish, whether he brought it up or whether a reporter brought it up, I wish he would just say, that's such old news. We're not talking about that anymore. Yep, I totally I agree. I would respect I'm, I'm- him so much for that. Imagine how much better things would be for George if he, Bill was his friend. <laughs> yeah, there's that. You know, like they, that. they could work together on things because Bill has such power at mm-hmm. his fingertips. Anyway, so um, I just wanted to mention that. But let's get back to the listeners because we did get a wonderful comment from a while ago, and I had been meaning to read this on the show. Okay. And it just um, slipped through the cracks. But um, on one of the show notes, we had put a picture from T.J. Hooker. Because it was a nice picture. So someone said, uh, this is from an anonymous comment, the TJ Hooker pic you linked was a TV guide cover, one of several devoted to the show. I didn't know that. The cops deputies in the public safety department where I worked in the 80s never missed Hooker. Uh, Isn't that great? Yes. Um, Incidentally, one of Bill's most prominent EVEs ever is in episode 1.4 called Hooker's War, where he and Romano look in look down into a ravine at a body. And the, he puts his, the person put as a quote, is that your nightstick or are you just arresting me? <laughs> so I think we need to find that episode and uh, see the prominent EVE to see about yeah. that. So thank you, anonymous commenter, for cluing us into that. Uh, That'll be awesome. Uh, yes, yes. And <laughs> I've just been so busy lately. I've been running across little links to snippets of things Bill was on. And I just got to get my act together and start, you know, watching these and, and putting them together for the show. So, um but, yeah, we'll have to add that of our list of things. Yeah. Now, you know what I, I want to mm-hmm. do on this show, and I want to make sure it doesn't just get slip away from us due to time. You are going to review the 25th anniversary <laughs> game, yes? <laughs> yes. I so now, want to hear about this. Um, I, this is going to be an incomplete review because I haven't played through the whole game yet. So... First of all, the game is amazing, and I had I will put um, somewhere in this episode the opening to it mm-hmm. because Bill recorded it for just for the game, and it is so sexy. Like oh. I don't know what the hell he thought he was doing, but <laughs> he doesn't. He sounds like Kirk trying to seduce a woman. He doesn't sound like Kirk going out into space and being the explorer. It's so weird. Like why did he do this particular? It's awesome. Like I have no complaints about it, but his voice is so 
like resonant and deep and he's not talking the way he normally does when he's Kirk you know he's sort of not brusque exactly but more clipped and this is all like you know I, I can't even describe it, so I will put. I'll drop it into the show oh. maybe at the very end of the oh. episode, so everyone can I hear. I can't it, wait. It's incredible, and it just I was sitting here laughing and laughing because it's so weird, and I've never heard it anywhere else. <sighs> like nobody had done a sound capture, which is what I had to do was mm-hmm. to you know use the thing to get it. So that was number one. That made me laugh. Um, so it's all the original cast doing all the voices mm-hmm. and it's basically a, a playthrough adventure thing and you get to make choices all along the way so the first mission that you're offered is to go down to this planet and there's some natives that you have to help but there's Klingons down there so you're not really sure if the Klingons are going to come around the corner and kill you and you know you're you're Kirk so you have to make decisions about what's going to happen and it, it's I would say relatively crude graphics because this is from, you know, 93 or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's good and it moves right along, you know, and they've, they redid all of the back end, So it plays very smoothly oh, good. on a good computer. So it's not all like weird and jerky and stuff. It has good sound effects. The visuals are, are okay when they're supposed to be a special effect. But um, the funniest thing is that in a lot of situations, if, if people remember those old role-playing games where you'd go through it and it's like, you know, here's what the guy says to you. Do you do, do you talk to him some more? Do you go out of the room or do you pick up the object that's in front of you yeah. and you have to do it? And there are not as too many of those that become onerous, but it, it is funny to have to do the picking every time. Uh-huh. And, and in a lot of cases, the person will talk to you and then you as Kirk have to give a response and it's always three responses, and two of the responses are always reasonable. Like in one of one situation, you're in a like a, a lab that also has a museum in it, mm-hmm. and the alien who's there, you ask him a question, and you say, um, "What's this thing in the case?" And the alien says to you, "Oh, that's a I can't even remember what it is, but it's some object that means a lot to them. Mm-hmm. It's like, Obviously, this is an important object, right. so you're supposed to pick it up and take it with you." So Kirk says to the guy. Um, oh, that's really interesting. Would you mind if we took it with us for further analysis? Option number two is, I don't think we're going to use that now, so maybe we'll come back and pick it up later. <laughs> and the, the third option, and there's always one of these in there, is, um, that sounds great. I think I'll take it as a souvenir for the trip. <laughs> figure out a way to do the audio capture so that I can sort of put all these together mm-hmm. so we can hear it. And Bill just does it very straight. You know, he's not <laughs> making a joke as he's doing it. Oh, but, this sounds like a blast. Yeah, it's really funny. So it, it's cool. And I'm so glad I spent like six bucks on it or whatever. Um, and if you like these kinds of games, I would strongly encourage people to go over to GOG and buy it because it is really, really fun. So I'll I'll come back with more after I've played through the whole thing and and tell, you know, figure out what actually happens at the end of the game. There's many opportunities to die in it, by the way. I've already died several times um, where the Klingons just showed up and I didn't know it. And there was another, like, a a monster that came and killed everybody and we got blown up in space once. So, yeah, there's a lot of Oh, boy. But you haven't had an admiral yell at you yet? There have been no admirals yelling. It's all been actual space stuff. It's it's a pretty easy game to play. That's uh-huh. the other good thing about it. It's not like the, that game where we couldn't figure out how the hell to move forward. This is very <laughs> obvious. 
Yeah, that was pretty pathetic. It was. It was a bad game. <laughs> so, yes, that's been hugely, hugely fun. Well, we will look forward to hearing uh, more about that. Yeah. So I had a couple of other um, short things to just mention because they um, came through the transom. One is that Adam Savage, as part of all the stuff that he does, mm-hmm. built a command chair from Kirk's Enterprise. And he built it all by hand because he loves to build things. And you can watch him actually putting it together with all the electronics to make the buttons light up and actually do things. And it's it's very, very cool. Um, and then there's a picture of him dressed in a, a Kirk uniform sitting there looking over to the side, looking very pensive. So the really cool thing about it is that he got one of the actual astronauts <laughs> from the space station to come and sit in it. Um, it was uh, Mark Hadfield, the guy who did the Major Tom thing in space, which was also cool. And here he's sitting in the chair. Um, so his comment, Adam Savage's comment was, um, post-photo, he turned to my mom. Why his mom was there, I don't know. So post-photo, he turned to my mom and explained he'd in fact, quote, commanded a spaceship. Which is really, really That awesome. is great. I like that. Um, and so he posted this to Twitter. Because I'm and, getting this image that the mom had no idea who this was. Well, I think she didn't have any idea either who he was or what the chair thing was about. So Adam Savage posted it on Twitter and he says, this chair is near perfect, but it's not done till you break a bottle of champagne or sit in it. He says to Bill, um, you're invited to the cave. So Bill replies, I'll think about it. Wait, you had Hadfield sit in my chair before <laughs> me? And he put my in quotes. Oh, my goodness. So I think it would be awesome if Bill came and sat in the chair and maybe we'll get to see a picture. So I just thought that was an awesome thing. Okay, I want to know what this thing is. It's on your list, and so I just, Mm -hmm. but it didn't have a link, so I went and found it. This Uh book or something on Amazon called William Shatner, Unauthorized (laughs) and Uncensored? Okay, so let me tell you the story about this. This is is a good story. Oh, goody. (laughs) So... Um, I signed up for this thing at Amazon called Kindle Unlimited because they had a free 30-day trial, and I thought I'd try it. And it basically means you can sort of borrow books from Amazon on your Kindle for for no money, Mm -hmm. and you have to return them within a certain amount of time. But it's cool, so you can read all kinds of things. Um, And you can buy books as well, and some of them cost money and some of them are free for your Kindle. Right. So I, just on a whim, I typed in William Shatner to see what kind of Kindle books there were, and it turns out, I did not know this, that in in the bowels of Amazon, there are all these books that cost like a dollar that are not actual real books put together by human beings. Uh-huh. They're just sort of scraped with robots on the internet and then it's compiled into a book oh and my then they God. put the book on it and I was like what the hell is this so <laughs> this particular book that's exactly what it is it's it's not a real book it's just a book that got put together by some software program and then they published it <laughs> it's it's really quite bizarre um did you get so it have you looked i at did it? and i have it here right in front of me oh and I, I want to to just read a, a little bit from it and then there's a quiz oh. that we can go through yeah which is pretty amusing so um this is part of the famous people collection um copyright 2013 i don't know how they managed to copyright this because this is all just stuff in the public domain yeah um so it's got some really bad illustrations and 
it's all written. I mean, it's not even written. It's just, you know, scraped from Wikipedia and stuff like that. <laughs> so it, it's all like, here, early life. William Shatner was born on March 22nd, 1931 to Joseph Shatner and Anna um, Garmaze. His father ran a clothing manufacturing company, blah, blah, blah. One paragraph. Next paragraph. Career. Parents. Beginning. <laughs> After graduating in McGill in 1952... <laughs> William found work as business manager for the Mo- Mountain Playhouse in Montreal. So he's referred to as William throughout, even oh though nobody God. calls him that. And then there's also um, little videos from YouTube that are dropped in. You and I could write a better unauthorized, uncensored oh, than this. Absolutely. And some of this stuff, I don't even know really where they get it from. <laughs> um, it's and, 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 you know, they um, obviously revise it on the fly. And of they can do that because it's all just computer generated. So uh, he suffers from tinnitus, which he attained from an accident involving pyrotechnics in the infamous Star Trek episode <sighs> Arena. He receives treatment for the condition with the help of a small electronic device he wears near his head that generates a low-level white noise to drown out the effects of tinnitus. He shares the disease with his longtime friend, the late Leonard Nimoy. So they like share it. They pass it back and forth like I, every other month. One of them uh, has it. Um, William <laughs> is known to support a number of charities, which include Habitat for Humanity and several children's organizations. He is also a known equestrian and has breeded American saddlebreds and quarter horses on his ranch. Okay. He has breeded them. He has breeded them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Okay. Fun facts about William Shatner. Let's see how many of these we knew already. Okay. Number one, he is known for his clipped and overly dramatic delivery of lines. No. <laughs> Number two, his rendition of Elton John's Rocket Man was mostly delivered in the spoken word. Yeah. Um, he, <laughs> that's it. Oh. Uh, he, he lived in a camper attached to a pickup truck for a few months after the cancellation of Star Trek and when Gloria Rand took a major portion of his fortune with her after their divorce. Yes. His fortune? Yep. He had a fortune. Um, his most current wife, <laughs> most current wife. Yeah. <laughs> that's a weird way to put it. Um, Elizabeth Martin is 30 years his junior. Mm. Let's see. Um, his unique line delivery has been dubbed as Shatnerian by several figures in the Hollywood industry. It doesn't say what industry, just the Hollywood industry. Right. Um, and then this point, he is vegan. I don't think that's true. He was vegetarian for a short time. Yeah. I don't know if he is ever vegan. I don't think so. Uh, here we go. Keep keep on going with fun facts. His fight with the Gorn leader, played by a man in a really bad lizard costume, in the Star Trek episode entitled Arena, is considered one of the fakest and longer drawn fight scenes in the history of television. And television is capitalized. I'm not sure why. <laughs> Okay. Uh, next, next fun fact: He is an expert horse rider, <laughs> and has and has bred several horses in the past decades. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then we go on to a quiz. All right. You ready? Yep. Which of several Star Trek quotes attributed to him did he not actually say in all of his appearances as Captain Kirk? Well, Jack votes for answer B. <laughs> Um, I, Jack, I can't understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the answer is beam me up, Scotty. Yeah, that, that would be it. 
What did he yell in Wrath of Khan after discovering he is marooned on a deserted moon? He yelled, Shit! <laughs> Uh, in what episode of Star Trek did he have a fight scene with a man in a lizard suit? Um, was it um, the Gorn Fight Club? <laughs> oh, that's very funny. <laughs> oh, good. Can we call it that from now on? The I Gorn really Fight like Club, that. sure. But Gorn you know fight the, club. the first rule of Gorn Fight Club <laughs> is you never talk about Gorn Fight Club. <gasps> oh, man, that's good. Okay, good. I love that. Uh, fun quiz number two. In what TV series does he appear as a very egotistical lawyer? Um, the Denny Crane Show. <laughs> Which website does he serve as the official spokesperson for? Priceline? Uh, yes, that oh, would okay. be correct. I think of them as and, a business, not a website, but anyway, uh, okay. Right, okay. And now here's here's this one. Which Beatles song did he deliver one of the worst renditions of in 2003? Um, why don't we do it in the road? <laughs> well, as far as I know, he didn't do any Beatles song renditions in 2003. He did do <laughs> Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds in 1968. That's true. Hmm, so, it was a trick question. Uh, it was a trick question. Mm, those yeah. bastards. And then they put in a bunch of links to Wikipedia and a couple of other places, and then that's it. The book is 12 pages long. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? That's shameful. I mean, that is truly shameful. I did not know these things existed, and yet there they are. It's really weird. So there's a couple other books like that that I've got, and next time we do a show, I can talk about them one by one. But it's weird. It was so weird. It sounds really weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, that book is called William Shatner, Unauthorized and Uncensored. Boy. Okay. Now I have something much more interesting to talk about. Okay. And I don't know why this um, got going for me. But I was thinking about our friend Peter Shatner the other day. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And, um, there's this article in the Tampa Tribune, because that's where he lives. And this was published pretty recently, uh, May 9th of this year. And it's a fairly long article about mm-hmm. him and his claim that he's William Shatner's son. It's it's like a profile of him. It's not really a news story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a puff piece about him, basically. Right. And it goes through all of the things that we've heard him say before. Um, William Shatner's, I'll read a few things. William Shatner's publicist denies the connection. And uh, he says there's little concrete proof of his claim. No DNS test, DNA test has been done. And anyone who ever saw his mother with the famous actor is dead. Mm, Bill had him all killed off. I think he probably did. So um, he goes through all of the things that we'd heard him say that he Mm -hmm. was the product of a one-night stand um and bill's lawyer goes on record as saying that it's not true and you know he tells these stories about meeting um bill and there's a photo of him with bill and we'd seen some other photos of him just at a photo shoot at a convention like any other person it wasn't specifically right right um, and he has hosted fundraisers as Peter Shatner, the son of William Shatner, for organizations including the Fo- Florida Museum of Photographic Arts and the Aquila Institute for Women. So he has been trying to kind of turn this into something, but he's gotten letters from Bill's attorneys telling him not to use the name. 
Um, there was quite an uproar on the Shatner Facebook a few weeks back over this, too. Uh, interesting. Well, the, the main thing that happened out of all this is that his Twitter account got pulled. Mm-hmm. Like, I was reading it one day, and then I went back a couple of days later, and it said, this account has been deleted. So I think his um, Bill's lawyers got his Twitter account totally shut down. Yeah. Did so you re- this is- read the stuff here about his mother and this other man? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's This whole story is just so crazy, you know? It's like... And the way he is trying to spin this one meeting that he had with mm-hmm. Bill into something... Mm-hmm. It's like, really, dude? I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, this is what's cracking me up. The possibility also exists, and the, the mother, his mother wrote this, that it is another man she slept with days after her affair with Shatner. <laughs> she only remembers the second man as Chick, a law student from Montreal. Later, she told Sloan that Chick wasn't even his name, just something she remembers him by because he resembled a former boyfriend of hers by that name. She could not remember the man's real name. But then, here's a quote from Sloan, Peter Shatner. My mom was very clear that she was sure William Shatner was the dad and not the other man. She realized you don't instantly feel pregnant, but rather it takes a few days. (laughs) How about that? It's so weird. Mm. It, this whole thing is just kind of crazy. So here's the story of um, how he met Bill. So um, in March 2011, Sloan's youngest daughter, Anne, who was 14 at the time, learned Shatner was to be a guest at a comic convention in Orlando, and fans could attend a birthday party for him at a cost of $500. So the girl said, I have always known my grandpa was William Shatner, but it was never real significant. But he was at an event near us, so I figured why not see what happens if we show up. And Peter Shatner says, I couldn't say no to her. It seemed important to her. Of course, I wanted to see him too. Still, Sloan stayed mostly in background at first, he said, a bit afraid to confront Shatner. His daughter was bolder. As Shatner worked the room, introducing himself to fans, he put his arm around the girl. She said she took the opportunity to whisper, I am your granddaughter. He didn't have much of a reaction, Anne Sloan said. That's Peter's wife. He smiled and brushed it off. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, Shatner posed for a picture with the Sloans, as he did for many fans. Yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Um so, in November of last year, 2014, Sloan received the letter from Los Angeles attorney Eric Hyman asking that he stop using the name Shatner. The letter also said Shatner is not his father and is not interested in discussing the matter with you or any such individuals. The letter added, there have been many people over the years who have claimed to be his children or other relatives. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so, Sloan says, that may be, but he believes Shatner knows this is the real deal. He knows how to find me. I hope someday he wants to. I just want to know my birth father. That's all. And if he wants a DNA test, I'll take it privately. I know what it will say. Mm. <laughs> okay, so the story of Peter Shatner goes on. And um, we hadn't uh, heard or read that he had written a book or was writing a book, which as far as I can tell is not published yet. Oh, we so had, who, yeah, we had heard that. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, you know, that was like a couple of years ago it when was, we talked yeah. about it, but the book is not out yet. I thought by now he would have self-published it or something, but not yet. Well, um, you know, when lawyers are contacting you <laughs> saying you have to stop this or, you know, you you will end up penniless on the street because mm-hmm. you have yeah. no proof of this at all. Yep. 
So anyway, there, there it goes on. The Peter Shatner story keeps rolling on. Uh, yeah, well, he was uh, banned from the Facebook, uh, from Bill's Facebook too. Really? Was he being offensive? Or well, was it just no. You know, I don't that? go. I don't go there and read every single post. And I'm always missing the big exciting ones <laughs> where where people get offensive and get into fights and people get banned and everything. I'm like, damn, I love that shit. But um, so I came in at the end of this, of um. Paul, the admin, and I, I will apologize immediately if I'm getting this whole thing wrong because it was a while ago. But he said, um, you know, this guy calling himself Peter Shatner um, is no longer allowed to to post here. Uh, Bill's lawyer has, you know, basically what you just said, mm-hmm. has contacted him mm-hmm. and said, you, you got to stop this. And then, you know, a lot of people piped in saying, you know, this is so terrible that he would do this and use Bill's mm-hmm. name and, you know, basically the things you would expect people to say. So, um, yeah. Mm, very interesting. Well, um, I'm sure there will be more chapters of this to come. Yes. I'm sure that Bill's lawyers just said, you can't let him post under this name because that would lend him legitimacy. Yes. And they need to just shut him down at every opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, so let's see. Um, we're going to have to wrap this up pretty soon. I think so. It's going on. But I did want to talk about one other thing. Okay. Which um, made me laugh pretty hard. There was... A taxpayer-funded IRS conference video uh-huh. that was a spoof of Star Trek. Oh, I remember this. Yes. So it's on YouTube. You can watch it. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't watched it before, uh-huh. and I finally got around to watching it. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. It's really bad. But they went to a lot of expense to do it. It cost them $60,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I remember Bill thing. tweeted about this. He did. So yes. Bill said, I watched that IRS video. I am appalled at the utter waste of U.S. tax dollars. Yeah. And so um, it hadn't been um, circulated much until somebody filed a, a Freedom of Information request <laughs> to get it up there. But it's like, what were they thinking in doing this? It's not funny. It's not inspiring. It doesn't do anything. Like, it was... As we've said before, you know, a bunch of people who were so impressed with their own cleverness with a bunch yes. of cameras going like, oh, let's make our own video. It'll be really fun. Yeah. And it's awful. It's just awful. Yep. $60,000. Your tax money at work. Hooray. So I will put in the link so everybody can go say it. And um, <laughs> and be appalled. Just, and be appalled. And, of course, you know, it's sort of a mixture of old Trek and new Trek because mm-hmm. – I mean, whatever resources they had. So the uniforms are TNG, but the set is more like TOS. And oh, I, I God. It's really, really bad. Hmm. So I'm glad Bill was appalled. I am. Yes. Too. Yes. <laughs> well, this has been a very exciting show with some very up-to-the-minute news. Yes. Good for us. Yes, we're on top of things, and hopefully we'll be in a more regular podcasting mode now, now that we've uh, taken care of some things. Well, you'd think in the summer we would have more time, but I tell you, there's so much going on. Oh, I know. It, it's it's busy. It's busy all the time. It's but super busy. Nobody is busier than Bill. That's and right. And he manages to work in time for just about everything that he's done. So um, I will um, tip people to a thing that we will be talking about soon, which is a book that I found while I was doing my Amazon trolling um, of the, the lower depths. And it's a book by a guy who helped build build his ranch in California, the yes. Bell Rev Ranch. Not the one in Kentucky, the one that's actually in California. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. So it is, I've read it and, and um, JK is going to read it and then we'll talk about it. But it's a really, really interesting book. 
um, and really shows a side of Bill that you don't get to see too often. And I just enjoyed learning about, you know, when how he picked the ranch and how they mm-hmm. got it going and all that. And this was um, right after he had gotten married to Marcy. So it's that point in his life. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that's that's coming up the next show. Okay. Awesome. Um, so, again, thank you, listeners, for sticking with us and for being so patient between the shows and for your emails and sending us these wonderful comments. We love you all. We do. We love hearing from you. And, yes, please please keep listening, sending us your comments, your your um, Star Trek and Bill news. You know, there's mm-hmm. so much going on out there. And, oh, my God, if any of you are going to Comic-Con, you have to, you know, report to us on Bill reading from this autobiography. Yeah. You know, sometimes they live stream things from Comic-Con. Yeah. Not everything, but if they do, I will be there. Well, if if we find out about it, I'll definitely be posting it, and you can post it on Facebook. So we'll make sure everybody knows. Okay, cool. That'd be good. So until next time, everybody, as we always say, live long and potluck. <laughs> and don't talk about Gorn Fight Club. No, never, never. <laughs> Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its mission, to explore strange new worlds, to discover new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Thank you.